0: what's going on Colin Cerniglia here for another episode of Cernig and hopefully this time the audio for this solo pod is a little bit better than at least what I could hear from it uh the last time that I did this and uh Man, I was so nervous. You can, uh, well, at least I could tell. Maybe maybe you couldn't tell the listener, but uh, I could tell just by listening the way that I was talking in the beginning and uh, just getting some of the nerves out. It's been a long time since I had done a solo pod like that before. You know, most of the time there's somebody that I'm talking to and that helps I guess, get me into my comfort zone these days and doing solo pods uh, was a, a little bit outside of that comfort zone. So it was good to do. I got some good feedback from that podcast and I'll definitely sprinkle these in with the uh, the efforts that I'm making to bring on some really A-level guests. I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Christian Roreau. uh, Again, the band manager for Trampled by Turtles that came out a couple weeks ago now at this point or a week ago uh, at this point. And uh, I have some other people that I'm reaching out to some conversations. Uh, You know, this, this format is good because, you know, while I'd love to be able to have a lot of guests on two jocks and a schlub with Matt and Ethan, you know, sometimes the time that we have together, I mean, sometimes we just want to be together. You know we're we don't get to see each other very often and it's great to just spend some time together other times we run into a little bit of challenges when it comes to timing you know we tend to record pretty late uh, on Wednesday nights and not everybody <laughs> wants to do that or can do that so um this is a really nice Avenue to be able to do uh some additional content and some additional episodes that maybe otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do but uh, I'm definitely. Uh, trying to get more uh, out of that mindset. There's the great line that Don Henley uses in the Eagles documentary when he talks about being a solo artist and how he would have very willingly went back to the Eagles much sooner than Glenn Frey did because you know when you were with a band, the band shares the responsibility, good and bad. But when you're a solo artist, it all falls on you. And uh, that I think that's a little bit why I was so nervous the last episode. I, I just felt you know that weight of it just being me. Um, so try to be better this time. And uh, I do have some pretty interesting topics. You know, things have uh, continued to move along in life, you know, as they do tend to do, I guess, for most people. Uh, I guess the the biggest thing for if people didn't know uh, that happened to me uh, a couple of weeks ago, leading up to my wife's birthday, I came down with COVID. Uh, I don't think it's the first time that I've had it just given What the symptoms were and uh, I distinctly remember having very similar symptoms uh, roughly uh, almost exactly a year ago, Uh, but it was the first time I ever tested positive uh, for COVID so uh, we definitely knew that that's what it was, and immediately went into quarantine, and like I said, I found out the day before uh, Christine's birthday, and we had plans to go out, we had childcare, we had reservations at a restaurant in Charlotte here, where it's not easy to get a reservation, and Christina's wanted to go for a long time, so uh, Stella also had a birthday party for one of her best friends, Ames, and uh, couldn't go to that, so... Uh, it was a tough weekend. It was Easter weekend. I couldn't spend time with the girls. I was all alone in the bedroom, just trying to, again, keep it isolated to just me. And uh, we did. Uh, nobody else got sick, uh, including our nanny, uh, Alexis. Um, everyone was good. And, you know, outside of really the day that I tested, um, I had symptoms the day before that that Thursday, but uh, more cold-like symptoms. That was really, it was... Uh, that's what it felt like to me the whole time was a cold outside of a roughly four to five hour period Friday evening into Friday night where I got some serious chills. Um, I had some body aches that were really bad and um, that's what, you know, ultimately, I guess, pushed me or pushed Christine, I guess, to say, okay, let's, let's test and just see what this is and everything. And um, it came back and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't take any crazy medications. Um, you know, I'm not high risk uh, by any means. And I uh, just took some Motrin uh, really to help with the chills and the fever. Cause I did have a fever too. That, that was what I realized once I tested positive and I was feeling those symptoms that I mentioned, I, I did um, check my temperature and I had like 102, you know, something fever, but um, I felt like that broke at some point on Friday because, you know, I was pretty sweaty in bed. And, you know, even though I was taking the Motrin to help with that, I never again had a fever the entire time. And, you know, there was a point Wednesday or a Friday night, um, you know, pretty late at night, probably 10 to 11 o'clock. And I think Christine had already gone to bed and I was just bored and I was texting her anyway. And I said, you know, this is so frustrating because, I, I felt so sick, you know, for the hours leading up to that. And then it was like, it just felt like a cold again. And I was like, and if I hadn't had, had that, you know, time where, uh, things got really bad, um, you know, I wouldn't have known and, you know, maybe we could have done things, but then on the flip side, like I would have put, you know, a lot of people in danger. So I guess in, in a way it was good that I got so sick the night before and, you know we did do the test but uh that was not not fun at all uh the you know the, f- the 5 days or whatever it was quarantining alone uh you know not feeling 100% uh not feeling as bad as you know some people who've had covid but Uh, definitely don't want to do that again. And uh, we have Christine's birthday plans rescheduled all the way for the end of May. (laughs) That was the next time we could make it work with both our childcare and uh, our, our nighttime childcare uh, and, you know, getting a reservation at this restaurant. I guess we could just pop in and, you know, try to get a table, but um, I figure if, she's going to get her hopes up. I definitely want to make sure that we have a table and, um, we were able to, to get a reservation leading up to Memorial day weekend. So we have that to look forward to. And, uh, she did get to eat her cake. Cause I had made the cake, uh, right before I got sick. I made a, uh, Funfetti cookie cake uh, using a recipe online. If anyone wants it, just reach out to me. I'll, I'll send it to you. It was super easy, but it was delicious. Um, that's something that I've tried to do now uh, with birthdays. I, I did it kind of on and off for Christine, like, you know, when we were first dating, first married. Um, I remember I made this really difficult cheesecake that actually came out pretty good, but it was really hard for me to make. I don't know that I really want to do fancy things like that, uh, every year, but like last year for Stella, I did a cookie monster cake cause she was in a big, big cookie monster phase. Um, and then, you know, Christine loves, um, funfetti. And uh, I said, instead of just, you know, regular funfetti cake, let me try to do a cookie cake, found a recipe, it was so moist. Uh, if you ever have gone to Wegman's, uh, the grocery store, and you've had a cookie cake from Wegman's, you know what I'm talking about. When uh, I say you know it's moist and it's delicious, and so somehow I nailed it on the first try, even though I was I would think I was already starting to feel a little bit off uh, when I was making the cake. So I was a little worried that there was like COVID in the cake or something like that. But again, nobody got sick, and at least. Christine had birthday cake and she did get some uh, really cool presents and uh, things like that for her birthday. So, um, this is, uh, probably works out better for her. She just gets to extend her birthday into two months and who wouldn't want that? So it'll all work out, but, um, that was the biggest thing <laughs> that's happened since, uh, the last time I all talked to you and, uh, yeah, I guess uh, the the other big thing um, that that you all knew already was, you know, I'm in the middle of, of a job transition. I had gotten laid off from my former employer on March 1st, and uh, <clears throat> you know, for much of the job search, it was, it has been um, super frustrating. Uh, I it, it's just. I mean, clearer than ever before how broken the recruitment system is, and you know, being in recruitment for almost a decade now, I was very aware of that already. Um, I have been a job seeker many times before, including uh, recently. You know, since the pandemic, because this is the second time I've gotten laid off um, since the pandemic, although it wasn't. I guess, exactly related to the pandemic this time, but it was economic. So um, I guess you could attribute that somewhat to uh, the pandemic and the swings uh, that have happened. But it's just crazy to me that, you know, we have all these companies hiring and there's just really no personal touch and no way to have applicants know if they're information that they work on really hard you know putting together resumes and cover letters and you know reaching out to hiring managers and to recruiters like a lot of times you you don't even know if any of that stuff is being received and uh, if it is like what's the feedback on it does it is it hitting uh you know can I improve it you know what's what's the deal and you know on the recruiting side um it's super busy uh and there's there's a lot to do uh it's very difficult to have a a really efficient recruiting process but just because it's difficult doesn't mean that we can't have it right so uh you know i think it was just a little bit eye opening um to see from a even wider scale you know being someone who was a job applicant how broken the system felt to me uh i got to a couple final interviews uh one time i got completely ghosted uh, I, and I, I'm not going to badmouth uh, anybody, obviously. But one time I got completely ghosted, uh, and then the other time, uh, you know, just unfortunately, they decided it was a, it was a remote role uh, down in the Miami area, um, and they decided, you know, after all of that, to uh, change it to hybrid. Uh, it Wasn't you know Miami's great, uh, but I'm not interested in moving to Miami right now. So um, you know that was just a little frustrating to go through all of that. That time and only to find out that it's uh, you know being changed the the scope of the job but um, you know those things happen and at least that company was uh, communicative in the way that you know they went about everything um, and didn't leave me hanging like the other company Uh, but you know other than that I mean uh, you know I had a couple I I guess uh, initial screens you know first interviews and uh, you know probably not more than a handful and either i wasn't feeling it you know after that or they weren't feeling it for whatever reason like there just wasn't a whole lot and uh you know it was it was frustrating and um even pretty bleak you know at times especially just knowing that you know the two opportunities that i gotten really deep with you know ended up kind of flaming out really bad and then you know not knowing if the other couple things that i had were ever going to come to fruition. Um, I'm very happy to say that, uh, starting next week, you know, you all hear this on Friday, if, if you listen on Friday and maybe it'll be next week by the time you get to it, but starting next week, I am the AVP, uh, of talent acquisition in the Americas for a company called score. That's S C O R. Uh, it is a leadership position within the company. We are anticipating building out a team. Know, sometime over the next year maybe or so um it is uh it's a global company uh so it's it's a big company my manager is actually in Paris France uh, which is really cool uh wrinkle into everything and uh there is a local uh, a lot of the, a lot of the HR team a lot of the hrbps the S- SVP of HR uh, who I did my final interview with uh actually all reside in Charlotte in the Americas so um it's going to be a hybrid opportunity for me. I'll get to go uptown uh, a few times a week and, you know, have some of that in person for really the first time I, I did a little bit of it uh, when I did a contract at Wells Fargo before the pandemic. Um, but I haven't worked. Um, I, I don't think I'll ever take a full, full time site job again. Uh, but the last time I did that was way back in 2017. Um, so it's been a very long time. And I, uh, it's it's a it's a nice change uh it's a great opportunity um it's really interesting that uh you know you can go through all of that crap uh that I just talked about with the broken recruitment system and have all of those frustrations and come out you know on a in a, in a pretty good situation I'm I'm very happy um, with how things turned out and with the prospect of of the team that I'm going to be working with and the team that I'm going to help build in the future and the recruitment workflow that we're going to ace uh, at Score, and not give people <laughs> uh, the same experience that that I had. In my experience with Score, was was really great too. I, um, you know, so I think there's a lot to build off of there. A lot of positive things to build off already. Uh, I just know they've they haven't had anybody in the Americas dedicated to talent acquisition. So I know the HRBPs are already ready to give me all of their work and to free up their space for other things that. Uh, a little bit more up their alley and whatnot. So it'll be a change for a lot of people in the organization, um, but it's really exciting. And uh, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity and to uh, get that weight off my shoulders. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm working on my consulting firm. I also uh, landed um, one of my first consulting uh, clients uh, just this morning, uh, actually as I'm recording this and um you know, so Cernig is is uh, I guess growing as well, and I plan to continue to grow that business and to do as much recruitment consultant because, at the end of the day, that that's what I I care about you know the most when it comes to talent acquisition. Uh, I'm very good at the acquisition piece. I can do the recruiting, and and that'll be something I continue to do for the near future. Um, you know, that that's part of my job description now. And I expect it'll be even when I have a team in the future here. But being able to help companies, um, you know, for the most part, my consulting is going to be for smaller companies or early stage startups, you know, somewhere between two and fifty people. Um, but even there, you can you can create a great candidate experience while also creating a great employer experience. Uh, an employee experience, you know, the people who are involved in that hiring process, your evaluators. And I think it's, it's just something that I've become so much more passionate about in the second half of my career here. The first half of my career was really focused on building as many skills as I could to become a full-fledged, full cycle. Some people call it 360 recruiter. And the second half of my career, I found myself, you know, really, taking a a deep care into wanting to improve the candidate experience and wanting to help employers, you know, really have a consistent, efficient recruiting workflow. Um, You know, that's what I did at Snappy Kraken, my former employer. That's what I did at Stratified, a small startup here in the Charlotte area. I took a contract after I got laid off uh, before Snappy Kraken. That's uh, in a way what I'm gonna be getting to do uh, as well with score. So even in my full-time work, there's that element to it, which is really exciting. But for my consulting, you know, I definitely want to do a lot of that. I have the the leadership and the culture coaching as well. And I have the resume review services. And that one's been, I think, the most popular one so far. I've had so many people reach out um to me and and that's been really great to help out people. But um yeah, a lot of lot of exciting things uh, in the life of work. Uh, and, uh, you know, just again, really grateful to be able to start next week. And, and, uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll provide updates (laughs) on that, uh, as it's going, but, um, and it was, it was a big weight off the shoulder. I had a note written down in my, my, I always have like at least some rough notes that I go off of here. And I was like the, the biggest difference between, this layoff versus the last layoff was, you know, the world is largely open now. Um, Whereas (laughs) last time it was largely closed and the need to spend money just wasn't there as much. Um, And uh, it was totally different this time, you know, whether it was, you know, things that Christine and I had wanted to do at the house uh, vacations that we'd wanted to plan, um, you know, sporting events and, you know, different extracurriculars for Stella you know, Arya's not quite old enough for some of that stuff yet. But I was like, this this is all adding up way, way too fast for one income. And it's something one of my favorite comedians, Bill Burr, uh rants about often. And it's it's a very legitimate rant. And I think it's the reason he brings it up all the time. And you know, he talks about whether that was right or wrong, you know, back in the day, if you will, uh, you could be a milk uh salesperson or a milk delivery person, and that was enough to get by uh you, your spouse you know a lot of cases in america at least it was it was the wife um you know had to st- didn't have to but stayed home and uh you know that that was it you you had enough income from one person that's not the case in 2023 uh it's it's almost uh, i guess unless you're a millionaire uh, it's almost impossible to live off of one income if you're middle class and, and I realize middle class is kind of a pol- polarizing uh, phrase, and and there's also a very wide variety um, in terms of maybe where you land on that middle class. But I consider you know Christine and I to be middle class, and and our family to be middle class. And um, you know I think if you are middle class, it, it is difficult. Um, you know if you want to do things and you have a certain lifestyle to to live off of one income, even if it's a good income. Um, I've just been surprised, you know. With one of the other things I've done, you know, since the pandemic is take a, a deeper look into finances and how we budget, and not because I want to be more rigid, but because I I do want to spend money. That was like, it was I think the complete opposite of of why people usually budget. Uh, for me, it was more about how do I not feel guilty about spending money? And, you know, I talked to you guys about uh, the money that I spent for the Eagles concert and the VIP experience. And, um, you know, five years ago, I would have never done that. There, there's just no way. Um, and, uh, you know, now I'm, I know what type of things I want to spend money on, what type of experiences for the most part, those are the things I, I don't like to actually get things these days. I like to have experiences and, um, you know, that, that was a big reason, but, um, yeah, anyway, it's just wild how different these experiences were, uh, just given the circumstances of the world and, uh, expectations as a result of that and everything. So, um, it's, uh, it's good to be, uh, back (laughs) as, as the, uh, as the kids say, I guess, but, um, one other thing I wanted to talk to everybody about today, and then I have a, really funny story to end everything on uh, is a sugar journey. Um, So uh, trying to tackle my addiction to sugar. And uh, I was just having a conversation with our nanny Alexis about this yesterday during lunch. And, you know, we were talking about how sugar is one of those really interesting uh, things because, you know, for me, personally, one of the things I really struggled with was just you know, the, the the treats and the sugar and the sweets that you would think about when, when you hear that word sugar, like desserts in general, candy, cupcakes, you know, whatever it is. Like I have a big sweet tooth. I love that type of food. And for, you know, my whole life, really that, that I can remember, um, it's been hard to, um, regulate that more than any other food group, more than alcohol, you know, more than I, I don't drink soda. I haven't drank soda For 20 years, probably, you know, now at this point, I I don't know how long, maybe that's a little too long, but, um, I decided, you know, this, this was during my paternity leave. So before I got laid off, I decided one of the things I wanted to do personally was just really tackle this addiction and get it under control. Um, and, uh, you know, that really for me, and, and this is not a blanket statement, this is not me saying that this is what you should do. Uh, for me, it was really really cutting out um, the majority of desserts uh, in general. and and also taking a look at, and this is the inter- the, the link to the conversation with Alexis, uh, you know, there's a lot of sugar in so many things that you wouldn't think of, like sauce, for example. A lot of sauce is really high in sugar. It's delicious obviously but um it's not as great for you as as you might, you know, think it is. Um and so, you know, just looking at I- ingredients and then uh, you know, Christine having <clears throat> excuse me, her background in uh, you know, being nutrition certified, uh, you know, she's been really helpful in hidden ingredients too because, you know, sometimes when you see something that's sugar-free or uh, you know, low on sugar, or whatever it is, like it's replaced by some type of artificial sugar that's even worse uh, than what the original thing was. Um, but you know I gotta say that the first, especially the first few weeks, but the first you know month or so was difficult. Uh, you know, I basically committed to saying that this was January uh, when when I decided that I was going to really tackle this and I said, I'm not having a dessert until my birthday. My birthday's on February 15th. So um, I had about a month, you know, outlook at that point where I said, I'm not going to have a dessert. Uh, I'll obviously get sugar from other things, you know, in particular fruit, uh, which is something I really like, but, uh, and, and, and alcohol, but I'm even going to cut back you know, on that a little bit and, and not drink as much. Um, in those first few weeks, I mean, you know, pretty much every single night I, I was just I'd want sugar so bad. I'd want a dessert. I'd want something. And then, you know, the funniest thing happened. Uh, I don't even know when it was, but it was, you know, sometime after that first month, like those, that craving went away. Um, You know, so much so that uh, I've had two recent events, that Eagles concert uh, that I mentioned. uh, And then we went to the beach in uh, March as well uh, for a, a wedding down in Charleston. And we went to Folly Beach. Both times I had brought just one um, thing of candy uh, with me, uh, just just as a treat. I, I just said like, okay, these these are fun events, these are the experience things that I said I'm gonna spend my money on. I'm gonna reward myself. Both times, I did not even think about them at all. like the, the candy didn't get eaten. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you had said that to me prior to January 15th, let's say of, of this year, you can bet for sure that candy was going to get eaten. <laughs> um, so, uh, just to like, when I, I remember I picked up my hoodie at the Eagles concert and I realized that the, the Jiu-Jitsu fruits that I had were still in there. And I was like, well, I'm not going to eat them on the car ride home. Like I've already gone this far <laughs> and everything. Cause I, I, I just had completely forgotten. I just got lost in the event. I did have a beer that night. Uh, and obviously I had a, a couple drinks at the wedding, uh, as well, but you know, just, uh, hilarious to me I guess the realization that like you know these things work uh sometimes when you when you don't think they're going to uh or, or when you um you have never truly put in the work um, like like I said I've, I've pretty much conquered from a nutrition standpoint everything else that I want to do um I'm not I'm not super picky. I'm not watching my calories or, or anything like that. I have started to watch you know, how much protein I take in every day because I'm trying to increase that. But I've never been able to conquer sugar. And I feel like I'm at least halfway there now. Um, I know that uh, there was there was a little bit of a, a recent period where I had it, you know, maybe two or three days in a row. And I said to Christine, those first couple of days after that were, were very difficult. Cause it was just like, okay, the train started moving again. And, uh, you know, are, are we going to keep it going? Are we going to cut it off? Uh, you know, what, what's going to happen here. And, um, you know, I was able to rein it in and, and, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm back to not having those cravings. And so, you know, it's just really nice that I know I'm not going to, eat as much dessert and as much sweets as I did in the past, but I don't need to, and I'm not cutting it out completely. And, you know, I think for me, again, this is not a blanket statement. This is not me giving any nutrition advice, but you know, if you've ever struggled with anything like this before um, I like this approach because it says like, it's not going away. <laughs> I'm still going to enjoy desserts probably even more. Like when I got that job with score, Uh, I went to my favorite bakery here in Charlotte. This is not an ad, and I'm not being endorsed um, by them, but Velani's is so good. If you live here in Charlotte, please check it out. Go support them. They're in Plaza Midwood, my favorite neighborhood, although it's quickly changing uh, to be completely different. But I said I'm going to get myself a a slice of chocolate cake. It's my favorite cake. It's my favorite bakery, Um, and uh, I did it. You know so and I didn't feel guilty at all. It's kind of similar I guess to the um you know the spending guilt um that that I had in the sense that I couldn't spend on things past you know a certain dollar limit without feeling guilty even though I had earned the money or I had saved the money or you know whatever it was and it's just all mindset and you know to be you know about three months in now uh three and a half months now in with this sugar journey like I'm just. I'm really happy. Um, I've definitely lost weight and uh, I've definitely gained muscle. Uh, you know, those, those are two, uh, other elements, I guess, that I've been paying attention to as well as my body fat. Um, so there's definitely been a body transformation. It's not huge. It's not like I was, um, you know, I guess super obese, uh, before that, but, um, you know, I'm getting to be healthier, um, and that feels really good. And it also just feels great that I can still enjoy the things that I like to enjoy, which, um, you know, from a, a pure enjoyment standpoint, IPA beers uh, and dessert. <laughs> Those are my favorite things. You want the keys to my heart. I don't want, I don't want a gift card for coffee. I don't want, you know, the the things I think that most people do, um, you know, get me a gift card for a great bakery here in Charlotte, or, um, you know, to one of the the great breweries. And I will use it when I am ready to treat myself, treat yourself as they said on parks and rec, but, um, cool. Well, I'm going to top this off here. Really funny story. Um, the other week, uh, Christine was taking Stella to her swim lessons and, um, Stella just got promoted uh, this is, uh, not part of the story, but she just got promoted to a, a higher level swim class. So we're very proud of her. She's making a lot of progress. And, um, if for this particular story though, um, Christine was feeding Aria and, uh, you know, Stella has, you know, certain swim things that she needs, you know, that her swim diaper, her swimsuit, her towel, change of clothes, you know, those type of things that get packed in the bag. And uh, if I'm remembering the story correctly, I should have wrote <laughs> more notes here, but um, if I'm remembering correctly, Christine didn't even say anything to Stella and Stella got all of her swim stuff together. And I said to Christine, that is exactly what we want our kids to do. Do the work for us, (laughs) partially joking, partially not. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I just thought it was hilarious how, um, you know, Christine who largely came from a household where she didn't have to do anything. And I was the complete opposite. um, You know, it was really cool to just see Stella have that independence to say, I'm going to get my swim stuff together. And I don't know if she got all the right things and you know, whatnot, but just to make that effort, and to do it i said this is this is exactly what we want uh from our kids we want them to be able to be independent to do things on their own and um you yeah, know it was just a, a funny little antidote there to throw in but um i'm going to top it off like i said and uh, get out of here uh i know i talked about you know a lot of things in my life that were difficult and that i was working through and that handle hard better you know that phrase for me is really helpful um, you know, we've had a lot of friends lately who've gone through, uh, their, their own struggles. And so I know there's a lot of people, uh, mostly everybody, you know, ha- has some type of struggle. Um, you know, whether it's family or friends, we've, we've had our share of that, uh, over the course of the past few months, it's been a very interesting 2023 so far <laughs> to say the, say the very least. But, um, you know, if you need any support, if you want to talk, feel free to reach out but uh, hopefully, you know, hearing my stories and uh, just some of the advice unsolicited as it is, is helpful. And if it's not, you know, I'll just keep plowing along and, uh, you know, hopefully something will resonate eventually with you, but you know, thanks so much for listening, uh, to this episode of Sir Nick. please subscribe, share the episode. And, uh, you know, if you have any suggestions for other things that we can do, I'm definitely open to it, but I appreciate you listening and until next time. Take it easy.